I'm Steve Queen. I want to welcome you to LiveWeek Media. The purpose, as many of you may already know, of LiveWeek Media is to provide media that helps us all to simply follow Jesus right here, right now, together. That's the whole focus. So in this video, we're going to go into some degree of depth on some pretty important things back in the New Testament era that are also important for us today. Why? Because we're all humans. And because the problems that they dealt with are very much the problems that we're dealing with. Oh, some of the spice changed here and there. Some of the nuance changed here and there culturally. But people are people, right? I mean, and so we're going to look at some verses that I believe you'll find uh, applicable. Um, easy to think they're applicable for someone else. But I find that uh, those verses are just as applicable to me. So let's get right into the first one, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11. It reads this way. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Another uh, translation, that was the NIV. The New American Standard reads this way. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you so that you may behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. Now, there are three specific things that are listed here, uh, all essential to our walk with Jesus. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands. Lead a quiet life, Mind your own business, work with your hands. That's enough to keep us meaningfully occupied for the rest of our lives. So let's dive right in. Notice it says to make it your ambition. This is something you have to choose to do. God gave us the capacity to choose, and that's an incredibly powerful tool that he's given us. Not be subject to your feelings, not wake up and ask, you know, how do I feel today? But make it your ambition, make it your goal, make a choice. For what? To lead a quiet life. Now, some people think that quiet means boring. Quiet doesn't mean boring. Quiet means not chaotic, not full of drama. It's like a pond in the morning that's just still. Notice you can make it your ambition to lead a life like that. Now, there will be another video coming that talks about the quiet life internally. This one is about what that looks like externally. And let me assure you, quiet is not boring. You see, when, you're, when your external life is quiet, when it isn't full of chaos, then you're able to stay at the things that get you lined up and keep you lined up with God's purpose for your life. You're able to make progress. Like Peter says, talks about our joy and progress in the faith. Progress is very motivating. But when your outer life is just completely in chaos all the time, like there's a tiger in the front yard, well, you got to deal with that. Or your car just stops working and you've got all these things you have to do. Well, now your day is is gone. <laughs> Forget what you had on your calendar. You got to get your car working. Um, there are people who thrive on drama. And if there isn't drama in their life, they're going to stir some up. Let me admonish you from scripture, all of us, myself included, that's not godly. That is not kingdom life. Kingdom life is not chaos everywhere, particularly relational chaos. 
all right? We all have to change the tires uh, when the when you get a flat. We all have to do the laundry and we all have, um, you know, a crisis that emerges in our parents or in our children or with our spouse or ourselves or whatever. That's not what I mean. This quiet life it's talking about is not those kind of things, you know, the the hailstorm that beats your roof to pieces and you have to deal with it. This is talking about in relationships and about not being full of drama. And that that's addressed by the other two things that are mentioned. So make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. A quiet life is a productive, peaceful, more constant life. And people that are drama addicts, they, they're either in drama and chaos or they're bored. And when they hear quiet life, they think boring. Let me encourage you, that is not a godly, that is not a kingdom of God mindset. And I'd be glad to interact with you more about this specifically. So make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Secondly, to mind your own business. Isn't that a peach? That's just awesome. Mind your own business straight out of the Bible. Mind your own affairs, mind your own business, tend to your own affairs. This will solve a lot of problems in relationships. Tend to your own affairs. And then to work with your hands, as we told you. If you just did those three things, you'd be in great shape. Uh, Probably better than ever, just like me. The more I do those three things, the better off I am. And we're going to talk about Uh, some other scriptures that throw light on those things. But mind your own business is pretty straightforward. I find certain people have a real problem with that. They'd rather mind other people's business and leave their own alone. And it shows and it creates a mess at home and with other people. And then work with your hands. That's doing honest work. Doesn't mean we all have to be carpenters or mechanics. Um, You know, I sell for a living. Uh, That's not exactly working with my hands, but I endeavor to be an honest salesman. Um, you know, that's a whole nother thing you could go down. Um, but we're to be people of honor and not lazy. You know, the antithesis of this is someone who has a chaotic life, who's nosy and always messing in other people's business and is lazy. So if you're chaotic, nosy, and lazy, you're missing the point. Jesus wants you to be leading a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, working your, do your job. Okay. (laughs) Do your job earn your way. And if we do that, verse 12 says, your daily life will win the respect of outsiders. You know, people who are outside of Christ, when they see Christians that are lazy, gossips and nosy people, and whose lives are just as chaotic and bizarro as theirs, why do they want Jesus? You got the same garbage in your life that they do. You know, why? But you win the respect of outsiders when you you work and you take care of your affairs and you mind your own business and you, you're leading a quiet life. There's something about your life. It's the character of God. It's the peace of God manifest in your life. And then also so that you will not be dependent on anybody. If you're dependent on somebody, you're at their mercy. You are at their mercy. Let's look at uh, a couple of other verses. 1 Timothy 2 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 says, I urge then, first of all, that request prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority. Why? That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. 
This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Yes, we pray for leaders. Specifically, it says that we may live peaceful and quiet lives. You know, if you're in a time of war and chaos outwardly, again, you're kind of taken up with dealing with all that. How are you going to get water today? How are you going to get food today? Avoid the snipers today. I mean, just, you know, when you have a quiet outer life, then the gospel moves more simply. You can focus on those things that that matter most in a time of peace because in a time of war or chaos, you've got you've got a tiger in the front yard you've got to do something about. So that's another verse that talks about quiet, peaceful lives. Look at Titus 3.14. Titus 3.14. Now this talks about the, the working part, doing your job. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Now, that may not sound flashy, but it's spiritual. It's kingdom. There is value in work. There is value in work. Life is full of work. Some people think, you know, work is a bad thing. Work's not a bad thing. Work is is any effort that's put into something to get a desired result. And there's something very noble about working and providing for your needs. It says right there in Titus 3.14, devote themselves to doing what is good so you can provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Nobody likes a leech. Nobody likes when somebody is sponging off of them. Somebody's not producing. They're not trying to work and take care of themselves. Okay? And, and I'm speaking, uh, this may or may not apply to all cultures all over the world, um, but in, in this year, in 2021, here in America, uh, if somebody else is housing you and feeding you and providing for your daily necessities, you better be a child or disabled. Because I can tell you now, if you're over 18 years old, and you're able-bodied and you have your, your mental faculties about you and someone else is feeding you and clothing you and putting you in a, under a roof, um, you lose respect from people. You just do. And then it's hard to, to share your Jesus with them. It's just true. 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 and 12. 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 and 12. Check this out. Now, this is, this is also to the Thessalonians, and this is the second letter. So the first letter didn't quite get the the job done for some of their problems. So Paul writes to them again and says, we hear that some among you are idle. They're not busy. They are busy bodies. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. So 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 and 12. Let me read from another version. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now such persons we recommend and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. So you see, in, in, in Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonica, rather, there were, there were uh, people who were expecting Jesus to come back any minute, and so they quit their jobs, and you know, they were too spiritual to work. Hmm. And uh, then they got hungry. And so they're hitting up their friends for, you know, a, a ham sandwich or whatever. And their friends were generous at first, and then they got tired of it. And they said, what is, what is this? You know, Bob and, and his family are, are over here again, and they're looking for food. And and he's he quit his job, or he stopped his business, or whatever. You know, this is not sustainable. 
and you're right, it's not sustainable. So the problem is that when people get idle, when you're when you don't work and you're supposed to be working, you get idle, you turn into a busybody. People start going from place to place and ooh and on over other people's business. Check this out. First Timothy 5, 11 through 15. Now, prior to this, Paul's talking about, uh, uh, among other things, uh, true widows, widows who are over 60 years old, faithful to their husbands, etc., serving the needs of the saints and people who get on that list that, that meet those criteria. And he says, uh, as for younger widows, do not put them on such a list. So imagine, you know, a widow who's, you know, 25 or 30 or whatever. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus, they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. It seems pretty clear that to join that list of true widows, uh, that there was a pledge to not get married again, and they would just devote their lives uh, exclusively to Jesus and not have a husband. Which I know from from just observing through my own life, you know, once you're past sixty years old, that's easier to do um, without going off into all the weeds, you know, about that. It's just easier to do. But when these are younger widows, you know, they 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 have a lot more interest in in things that go with married life. And um, and he says, so besides what happens um, if they get on that list and and they're not having to do the work that typically would go with a younger woman's life as a married woman. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. You may have heard the term gadding about from house to house. Oh, let's go here. Oh, let's go there. Let's do this. Let's do this. What's going on at the Johnsons? Really? Oh, how much blood was there? I mean, it just gets crazy. Why? Because people get bored. Let me tell you something I'm probably going to say at the end of this video. People get into trouble when we don't line up with the purposes God has for us and do the work. When we're not working our field and walking our path, then we get idle and we get distracted by things and things seem enticing and we get bored. And so then we're starting to maybe stir up drama or wonder about what's going on with everybody else. And that is unproductive. It's hurtful. They get in the habit of being idle, going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, people who are idle when they should be working, but also gossips and busybodies saying things they ought not to. This is Bible. This is kingdom. It's like, hey, sometimes you need to shut up. Quit being so interested in other people's lives. What about yours? What about your life? What are you building for the kingdom and for the people closest to you? Or is your life just endless, you know, like watching TV or watching people in real life? And that's all it is. So I counsel younger widows, still in 1 Timothy 5, I counsel younger widows to marry, to have children, to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. You know, when you get out of line with God's purposes for your life and you keep doing that, it gets easier and easier and easier to keep drifting. And now it, it, it becomes intentional and you're not listening to the Lord and you want to do your own thing and, and not listen to him. And so you begin to get way off base and eventually it can turn into people just renouncing their faith altogether. There's another verse I'll share with you. First Peter 4, 15, talking about suffering. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler, even as a meddler. Uh, one version says, uh, let's see, 
Where is it? Oh, well, never mind. Uh, you know, a meddler is a meddler, a, 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 a pesky meddler, someone who's in someone else's business who, you know, shouldn't be in their business. Okay, deep breath. So what do we do with all this? Okay, realize God wants you and me to live a quiet life out here. Again, there'll be another video on the quiet life in here, which is where it all starts. But he wants us to have a quiet life out here. A life that isn't characterized by, by chaos and, 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 you know, everything's on fire and, and, and relationships are a disaster. Again, not talking about the flat tires and broken refrigerators and that stuff in life. That's just life. But a quiet life is a quiet life relationally. Christians, Jesus followers, we are called to be the God and people people. That God is so real in our lives that our the love he has for us and the love we have for each other is the theme. It's the song that runs through our lives. And so we relate to people differently. And we do that by very normal, regular sounding things like we work and provide for our needs and for the needs of our family. You know, and, and some people earn a paycheck for their work and others don't get a paycheck for their work, but they work. They get out of bed and they do things for the benefit of themselves and others. They don't expect other people to feed them and, and get them water and clothe them and house them while they goof around and are just lazy. Laziness is not a kingdom virtue. Laziness looks ugly on everybody. Now, this is plain, but I, it's, I'm trying to help, okay? Um, so do your job. Do your job and do it as unto the Lord. And then don't be a busybody. Why be so interested in other people's business and not in our own? I want to share a snippet out of a sermon by a guy named Samuel Ward from around 1600, around the time the King James Bible was translated. And it's fascinating. The bit of it I've read is, is in uh, English from that period. So um, you'll have to bear with me. It sounds like that. He's talking about the fire of godly desire. And listen to this. He says, these fires, he's talking about people who have the wrong kind of zeal, a self-absorbed kind of zeal. These fires cannot keep themselves within their own hearths. These spirits cannot keep themselves within their own circles. True zeal loves to keep home, studieth to be quiet in other men's dioceses. In other words, true zeal is, is diligent with what is in their hands in their own home. They're minding their own business. But um, you know, false zeal is different. And he says, false zeal loves to be gadding. Gadding is a word for just, just hanging out and going here and going there, yakking with people and messing around and being lazy. So true zeal loves to keep home, studies to be quiet in other men's diocese, meaning it is, is not going around in messing in other people's business. False zeal loves to be gadding, and here's what I want to leave you with. This is priceless. False zeal loves to be gadding around, is eagle-eyed abroad, and mole-eyed at home. Eagle-eyed abroad, and mole-eyed at home. 
You know, moles are nearly completely blind. Moles dig around in the ground. They, they can distinguish when light it changes, when it gets darker or lighter, and, and, and perhaps certain motion is all they can see. So what Samuel Ward was saying here is this false zeal, this energy that comes with gossip. Or like if you're on the, the interstate and there's a car wreck and people drive by slowly and they look and they wonder, ooh, is someone in there? Is there blood everywhere? I mean, ooh, ooh you know. And, and you got traffic backed up for 17 miles because of people, what we call where I live, rubbernecking. You know, they're bending their necks around like they're rubber to try to see the disaster. You know, while we're there, let me just tell you something about that. That alone illustrates this whole problem. What's going on in that person's life? Well, wait a minute. Are you going to stop and render aid? No. Are you going to pray for them? Well, then pray and drive the speed limit and get by. You see... This is so infected and, and, and in human beings to get bored and, and put our tools down and stop working on our own lives and our own homes and get obsessed with other people's stuff. They don't want you in their stuff. And then on top of that, to be lazy and not work and earn the bread you eat, if someone else is feeding you, they control you. So you see how if we as believers will simply follow Jesus, if we'll do the things, even the ones that aren't spectacular, you know, going to work may not seem spectacular, but if you do it as unto the Lord, you're obeying him, you're serving him, and you're going to win the respect of your neighbors who aren't Jesus followers. If you're a, if you're a layabout and you're a gossip and you're a busybody, you're not going to win anybody's respect. So that's a lot to put into a video, and I want to encourage you. I'm not angry. I'm trying to speak the truth plainly, okay? This is the only way I can process things internally, and I'm trying to do that with you. I mean, I apply this stuff to myself, and more than ever, I love people. By the grace of God, I love people, and I care about people, but I don't nose around in their business. I've got things in my life that are what I call nunya. None your business, okay? There, there are those people I've had to just say, hey, that's off limits. They ask me things I think are completely inappropriate. It's none of their business. And I just tell them, hey, you know, I keep that private. And if they don't like it, well, then they don't like it, you know? And I don't go around sticking my nose where it doesn't belong in other people's business. And I've had countless people, this isn't about, about me. I'm just saying I'm here. I can tell you when I put these things to practice in my life, I've seen the fruit of it. To God be the glory, not me. I mean, I've had people approach me just about, just about my work, and, and that's been a testimony to them. You know, there are times in everybody's job you could freak out and, you know, be impossible to work with, or you can be like Christ. Anyway, we've gone uh, about 23 minutes, so I think I'm going to bring this to a close. Uh, again, I, I'm glad to have you join me. I hope this has been a help and a challenge. Um, feel free to share this video, subscribe uh, to the channel, uh, sign up for updates by whatever means. Um, you see the buttons under there and, and, uh, you know, we want to be sure and let you know when new videos come out. God bless you. And I look forward to uh, catching you on the next video about the quiet life within. God bless. Bye-bye.